I'm Jamie Baker. I'm Sarah Matthews. And this is Nurse Coffee Talk. Welcome! Welcome. We're so happy to have you guys. It's a beautiful day. Beautiful night. I did not sleep well enough to be saying these things and sounding happy. (laughs) They are fake. These are lies. But I am braless, so life is good. God, ain't that the truth? Man. Ugh. Brows are the worst. They are the worst. I had one on yesterday briefly so that I could, you know, be presentable on camera. have a job. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) immediately I took it off. Like, literally immediately. And then someone, as soon as the call was over, and then someone called me back right away and I was like, okay, I'm going to have to adjust the angle of this camera so that you can't (laughs) see my just nipples out, which is what's happening right Right. now. (laughs) You're like, I'm happy to see you. Can you? <laughs> Hello. Mm, <laughs> I'm just hi. happy to have my bra off. It's not about you. <laughs> Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, speaking of taking things off and having it feel amazing, uh-huh. I have a story for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be nearly as exciting as it sounds. Okay, I'm ready. Well, we've talked over the past couple of weeks about, you know, joking about the word orgasm when you've had your mask on. Uh-huh. <laughs> so today was kind of a bizarre schedule because I worked last night and then I tacked onto it a COVID swabbing shift this morning Oof. at a different facility. I know. I'm so... Ugh. Anyway, so for the COVID swabbing shift, you know, you're wearing your uniform and so I bizarrely I always wear a long sleeve like undershirt under my uniform mm-hmm. it doesn't matter it can be a hundred degrees outside I wear the long sleeve shirt I don't know why I do it I think I just don't like my arms exposed yeah it's in the another layer setting. of of protection on yeah. your skin yeah I get that oh Stand by on this story real quick. Uh-huh. I have been meaning to tell you, when we talked about joggers, uh-huh. and I was like, but your ankles are out. That's gross. And you're like, so what? Your arms are out. And then I was like, thinking about it long after the fact. That's why, because you never have your arms out. Well, but also, you can't just go wash your ankles. What do you call a shower? Well, you mean like not if mid shift? Yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. Like, you know, if you get some. But again, I'll tell you the story about when I poured PTC fluid onto my scrubs by accident. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just sit with this. The rest. I mean, shit happens. Like, if you get stuff on your clothes and it seeps through, you can't do anything about that either. PTC juice happens. (laughs) (laughs) That was the smelliest spill. Worse than poop. It was awful. Yeah. I can remember the Ugh. color and the consistency of that Ugh. perfectly. Like it was yesterday. <laughs> oh my God. I was talking to somebody last night and she was talking about how she hates when constipated patients come in. And I don't know if you recall, but I've specifically talked about nurses like that mm-hmm. on this podcast because I'm like a lot of ER nurses hate the constipated patient. But we can really do wonders for this patient and we can fix them immediately. We can make them pain free and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, she was talking about how this patient had to be digitally disimpacted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I told the story, of, which maybe I don't know if I told that story. Yeah, I think I did. I had to have. I'll retell it for those of you who you, are new Yes. Listeners. Oh, God, I don't even want to hear. 
favorite again. I'm remembering. It's awful. It's awful. But also it's tell awful. it. Tell, give the quick. It version. makes me want to throw up just telling. Literally, the story. Oh, oh, so gross. <laughs> for those of you who have already heard it, just block your ears for a couple seconds. Skip ahead ten seconds or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fast forward. So this lady came in very constipated, and she definitely had like a big ball of stool in her rectal vault. And so the doctor and I went in, and he went in to digitally disimpact her. And every time he would apply pressure in the rectal area, this lady would squirt out this green, purulent, foul-smelling vaginal discharge. And oh, every time, every time he moved the finger, it would just... This just squirt It was... Oh, my God. We were... The doc and I were looking at each other, like, <laughs> literally almost puking. It was oh the most disgusting God. And you're just trying to keep this woman's poor dignity. I mean, she... Nothing, I know. I mean, this oh my poor God. person. Oh, God. Ugh. Oh, my God. Anyway, so I was telling... She, my friend who was telling me about the constipation last night was talking about how she hates constipated patients and she hates the smell of poop. And I was like, look, dude, I will take the smell of poop any day. I'll even take vomit. What I can't stand is trach juice. Oh, yeah, same. Just that, like, I've had trach patients. Oh, God, I'm going to get sick talking about it. I know. Where, I know. where they cough out of their trach yeah. and it just, like, shoots it's all over the room. Yeah. And oh, my God. Oh, Ugh. yeah. But, I Ugh. mean, the sound of, there's something very, very, like, biologically, like, primal about the sound of vomiting and how horrible it is. Yeah. Because there's something about, like, it's just very triggering, obviously. Yeah. Oh, God, it's making me feel all sorts of ways just thinking about it. <laughs> but yeah, poop, we're who cares? A, we're a very, like, visceral, like, just guttural podcast yeah. today. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> jinx. So I don't even remember. Oh, my, my scrubbing swabbing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have diverted way, way out of line already. Like 30 seconds in, (laughs) hit the ground running, divert right off topic. I love it. So anyway, so I go in and we had talked, you know, about the orgasm thing and whatever. Well, let me back up a little bit and say that my back was hurting last night. So I put a lidocaine patch on. It was probably, I don't know, like three o'clock in the morning and they're good for 12 hours. Mm -hmm. So I have this lidocaine patch on my lower back. My back's doing pretty well. It's helping a bit. And I go to this COVID swabbing station and you know, we have our uniforms on. I have my long sleeve shirt on along with my uniform. And then we put the gowns on and then we've got the mask on and the gloves on. And, you know, the swabbing stations are outside. Well, it's middle of summer, Mm -hmm. so it's like 90 degrees out. Mm -hmm. And now they have a tent, so there's like a shaded area, but when it's 90 degrees... It just sits inside the... Yeah, it doesn't... Yeah. (laughs) The the shade, I mean, it probably provides some comfort, but in my role was to like walk back and forth to the cars and the station and get the people's names so that they could have the next like bag ready to go right mm-hmm. and so i only did like a three hour shift of doing this and the work itself is fine it's not a big deal sure but i'm walking and i just like i feel myself starting to sweat and i'm just like oh this is pretty gross and then i feel myself starting to sweat more and then i can see like wetness under my gown mm-hmm. so it's like showing through my gown wetness mm-hmm. where and like under your arms no this well this i could just see like in the front oh oh sure of my gown yeah and <laughs> so 
So at one point I took my gloves off and I was like, oh my God, it's an orgasm for my hands. <laughs> like I didn't even know this was something I needed. It the felt so relief. good just to take the, the gloves off because I had, had my gloves on for like an hour and um, so then I had to put gloves back on and... How was that with on your sweaty hands trying to pull gloves Well, over? it was... We had like a 10 minute break in between some patients... Maybe not 10 minutes, maybe 5 minute break in between some patients. So my hands were able to like dry off and cool off. That's good. And then it was... Well, the only size gloves they had were extra large. So they <laughs> oh, went on anyway. So it was no problem. So then I'm doing it for the remainder of the time and I'm like... one They have a fan outside, so I turn the fan on. But the fan doesn't blow through the gown because the gown is, like, impervious to, like, Mm -hmm. wind and rain, right? So I turn around to my backside, and the wind's, like, blowing at my legs, and then it's kind of drafting up my (laughs) my scrubs so that, like, I can feel, like, a very small amount of breeze through the back of my world. And I'm like, okay, this is helpful. This is helpful. And it starts drying the sweat, and then I start getting the chills, and then I have to go, like, get another swab, and then I start immediately sweating again, so it's, it's like, up and down of, like, sweat and dry and (laughs) hot and cold. And I'm like, oh my god, it was like... So then the end comes, and they're like, okay, you're good, You you can take your gown off now. So I take my gown off, and no joke, I have this ring around my abdomen, front to back where the gown was tied. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is probably two feet in height, oh but it God. wraps around my entire body where it just looks like I got out of a shower. My scrubs are soaking wet. Oh my God. The sleeves on my scrubs were ringable. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, this is so disgusting. (laughs) Like, I feel so gross right now. Um, And I had to drive home, like, you know, a 40 minute drive home. Oh my God. What happened to the light? So so then I like get home and I take my clothes off and I put my clothes in the wash and I go lay down and I was like, my lidocaine patch. I have no idea where this thing is. I don't know where it is. It's just missing. No clue. Oh, rest in peace. <laughs> like, I don't know if it fell out a leg bottom. Yeah, it at like some slipped point. down somehow, but you were so slick from head to toe. It just came off you like a buttered baby. It was like, woo! Yeah, yeah totally. I'm like, I have no, I don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I live near I live near one of our sister hospitals. So like I work at uh-huh. one of the other campuses, but I live across the street from one of the smaller ones. And so I always see a lot of hospital paraphernalia like on the street. I don't oh, know sure. why, but you know, things fall out of people's pockets. So I always see gloves and like blunt needle and like caps, like the green caps mm-hmm. and masks obviously right now and like there's always stuff or whatever. But I will say I've seen a lot of lidocaine patches. Oh. And really? I was That's always like, what's this story? And now I feel like I know. Do you think as many people were that sweaty, though? <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but it gets really hot here. So Are they like, used lidocaine patches? Well, yeah, they don't have a back on them. Like, they're folded oh. up on each other and, like, crushed into the dirt, you know? Oh, gross. I just noticed them because I'm, they're bright white. Where do you live where lidocaine patches are just crumpled up in the dirt? That's bizarre. (laughs) 
outside of a hospital. I don't know. Oh my god. Everyone, don't move to Sarah's town. I know. It's like a dumpster. <laughs> well, it literally is. We have such a trash problem. It's agony here. Oh my god. Especially during COVID, we're having a lot of issues. Wow. As you would expect. I mean, those poor sanitation workers. Oh my god. What a hard job. Yeah, they are essential workers. They are essential workers. Mm-hmm. Goodness. I got so mad at my husband the other day because... We grew up not recycling. Then when my kids went to school, their school is very, like, Mm eco-conscious. And they're constantly, like, trying to do things to recycle and reduce and reuse and things like that. And I'm like, you know, I've really been pretty environmentally ridiculous for my whole life. So I should probably start taking some accountability for this. So... I pay to have my recycling collected. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, of course. Very good. And so I separate out my recycling, and as it gets used, it gets put on my counter. And in theory, like at the end of the night before you go to bed, you go put the recycling out in the garage. It's like a 20 foot walk, it's not a big deal. I also have three kids that can easily do it, right? Yeah. So the other day, I go and I look. Like, the uh, the trash has been taken out of the trash can and is sitting next to the trash can. as Because, you know, when you put trash in the trash can, there's still lots more room once you take the bag out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my husband was, like, had the bag out to, like... What's that? Pre-trash. F- yeah, correct. So he, ha- <laughs> he has the bag out and, like, is filling it up. And I go to throw something in the in the bag and I see, like... 20 cans and bottles in oh there. and i was like are you kidding me and so i'm like my husband's right there i'm just like are you seriously kidding me and i start taking all of them out of the trash and rinsing them off and setting them back on the counter and then my intent was to finish cleaning the kitchen that night but we had something come up and i had to leave in a hurry and i came home and my husband was cleaning the kitchen And he's like, and this is why I hate the recycling stuff. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, because I put it all back on the counter. He's like, because I'm trying to do the dishes and it's all taking up all this counter space. And I'm like, you know, the recycle bin is just 20 feet that direction. Like, head on over. Arms full. You can even put it in a little bag to get it there. Oh, my God. Like, how difficult is it? I tell him, I'm like, we have got to be more environmentally conscious. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, we have to make some contribution to better this world. I mean, I agree completely. He just doesn't care. He just, it's in his way. Our city has a uh, put stuff on the side of the road trash situation. Like, we don't have cans. Mm -hmm. So it's just, for trash day, it's just bags on the side of the road. And Mm -hmm. for recycling, it's just a different type of bag on the side of the road, basically. Like, instead of a trash bag, it's a, you know, one of those brown paper bags you get at the grocery store or whatever. Oh, gotcha. And some people have recycle bins. But regardless of the bin or not, those things don't have tops. And it's windy, and it's all the time. It's like the Mm -hmm. the city is one giant wind tunnel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, so Trash Day is just a massacre. It is just, like, the streets and sidewalks and trees and bushes and everything is just filled oh. with trash that's blown everywhere. That's and gross. It's gross and stupid. And one day, um, one week, a few weeks ago, for some reason, I don't know why, I know there's a bag limit per person or per, like, mm-hmm. unit, but, like, these people don't have any way to know how many units there are or how many units are being represented in one pile. 
because sure. they all go out in front of my house, but I'm I've got three units in mine, and then ten units close by me that could all be really considered the same place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they will just sometimes not take a bag or or two, which oh, is that's annoying, really annoying, because it's like just fucking take it. Like what is the problem? Nobody's coming out going, oh, that's my bag. I'll have to take that in my my place right. for next week. I keep an eye on it because it's obviously right outside my house, and like I've never seen it be an exorbitant amount that would be inappropriate for them to take. So for whatever yeah. reason, maybe they dismissed it. Maybe they didn't see it. Maybe they're being petty. I don't know. Whatever. Stop it. They did not see a bag in a pile where they picked up other bags. Well, whatever it may be. Whatever. So You're too nice. Every once in a while, and uh, like fairly, actually, I would say fairly regularly, there's something left out there. And then it becomes the moral good person question of who's responsible for this trash that doesn't belong to them, but someone should just clean this up. So um, instead of cleaning it up recently, because I had been gone for a few days. I think I was visiting my sister and I came back and I saw some bags like someone had moved them from the sidewalk and tucked them by the staircase that leads into my building. So you moved them, (laughs) but just over a little bit. You didn't take care of it. You just moved them. But because they're in front of my house, you assume that they belong to me, which is inaccurate. They do not belong to my house at all. So then when the trash day finally came, I was like, well, I'll just, you know, I'll just do this. Oh my God. I was wearing my little slippies because I didn't feel like putting on shoes to do this. I'm just like going two steps down or whatever, like four steps down. Mm -hmm. And I went to go collect everything and it was just full beers just poured all over me. Oh. They had been like sitting out for a few days. Oh. And I was like, man, <laughs> I really, really don't feel like I'm being rewarded for my good no Samaritan good act deed at all. goes unpunished. <laughs> really oh my god, very nice. That's really gross. That's awful. That was such a long story for a really an anticlimactic ending, but I'm glad that you're <laughs> with me in my pain. I guess I totally am. Oh my god. Well, what's our topic today? Oh god, I don't even remember. What do we decide? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know we wanted to talk about, oh, frequent flyers. Okay. Is that what yeah. we're talking about? I can't remember. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. So we posted that meme la- for last week's episode and it was like, be a nurse, they said. It'll be fun, they said. And it's that picture oh, of that naked patient hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. From the ceiling. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I feel like there's just healthcare workers just kind of like watching him because it's like, Jesus Christ, how? How did you do this and why? The ceiling's been destroyed. It looks like a zombie movie. There's all the, like, tiles have been falling out of the ceiling. There's wires and stuff, and he's just hanging. He's just hanging out. Yeah. Um, we had a patient who, he was a VAD, and he, I think he had an anoxic brain injury or a stroke That's or not, something. Sounds about right. Which is on brand, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, this was before I was up on the floor in my office. I was still on orientation, so I just heard them call a water response to the floor oh. that all my patients are. Okay. And we were like, that's weird, but all right. And they kept calling again and again. And we were like, something bad must be happening. So later we're walking out and um, a whole building of elevators are not are down. And we were like, oh, this is annoying. What happened? And someone walking by goes, oh, um, there's some kind of water issue. Like the elevators aren't working or they shut them off. But the building was completely separate from the building where the patient rooms were that they were calling this to. So we were kind of like, oh, there must be something strange happening with the water just in the hospital. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Later, I find out that one of the VAD patients in what I'm sure sounded felt like a good idea at the time to him and his anoxic brain injury mind, that he wanted to 
I think he wanted to go smoke, which you can't, they don't give you a VAD if you are an active smoker. So I don't, either it was a lie or he forgot that he quit, maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe so, he restarted. <laughs> maybe he restarted since the VAD. That's fine. Whatever. That won't cause any problems, sir. Don't worry about it. <laughs> We were probably just being harsh for no reason. We just are too critical as healthcare professionals. We don't have any reason to make you not do those things. You are. So he had locked himself in the bathroom by jamming something in there or whatever. And the nurse nurses had noticed pretty quick that like something wasn't right because he had just been taking too long or whatever. And he had climbed into the ceiling with his VAD. Oh my God. He had the wherewithal to bring that with him, which was good. <laughs> well, he wouldn't have gotten far he without it. He wouldn't have it. gotten far without it. And he had, was attempting to climb... This is on the 10th floor of this building. He was attempting to climb through the ceiling to an exit where he could descend and then sneak out without anyone seeing him. Okay. All right. But the firewalls in hospitals go through the ceiling. Oh, I would have never thought about that. Yeah. That makes sense. So there's obviously a lot of different fire doors in hospitals you know anyone who's right, had sure. a fire drill it's like you have to close a billion r- doors in the unit right, right. <laughs> and it looks very different all of a sudden you're like oh i don't like how this looks it's very closed so he did not get far at all before he reached a firewall and couldn't get down any further and they discovered where he was by just his feet dangling out of the ceiling before this oh firewall trying to like get down and like run away <laughs> before someone so somewhere in there he knocked into some water line and it just caused the this like ripple effect of flooding all around. <laughs> I don't know how oh, or why. Oh my God. And uh, to this day, he's passed now. May he rest in peace. To this day, they still talk about his little naked legs dangling from the ceiling. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh my god. I can't even imagine like how does the hospital handle something like that? <laughs> That's such such a good question. From like a punishment standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what do yeah. you do to reprimand that patient? Like, oh, sir, you shouldn't be doing I mean, a, this. a one-to-one, I guess. Well, clearly. But, <laughs> you know that Black Key song, Gold on the Ceiling? No. Gold on the ceiling. No? I definitely even well, I think you're making it up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I am, I'm going to make a lot of money because it's a very famous song. <laughs> I think about that song every time I th- think about him or that patient whose meme we posted where it's like, patient on the ceiling. Oh my God. I wish I had heard this song. <laughs> we'll play it later. Oh my gosh. Too funny. Wow. But oh that segues God. into our topic, which is which that is frequent flyers. Frequent flyers. He was one of them. <laughs> oh boy, was he. And we just all knew. And it's, you know what? It must have been, it must have taken a lot of courage to come oh back to that same unit again and again and again, knowing when you were at your craziest that you had done something wild and all these nurses knew it. If he truly was like a noxic brain injury or something like that, he probably doesn't even have any recollection of That's that true. event. Although there's plenty, like we had a patient one time, she wasn't a frequent flyer, but she caused me to have the worst shift of my life. And oh. she was just, well, no, I've already told you the story about the worship. It was just a bad one because it was Christmas and it was like she was a oh. she was just out of her mind and um, violent and it went on forever, whatever. And it was just a reaction from, from the anesthesia. She was just out of her mind because then when wow. she got readmitted later, she was fine. And she was like, my son told me that I had uh, not behaved very well last time I was here. Ha ha. And we were like just staring at her dead eyed like we hate you. Don't pull any shit, <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Well, let's get into frequent flyers. Yes. So I certainly have my fair share of them working in the emergency department. I know uh you have your fair share of them given the nature of the work that you do. Given uh, heart failure. Yes. Heart failure. Oh, yes. Yeah. You, we, we probably have patients in common. <laughs> we, we very well might. Some of them are not just frequent flyers in the area, but they just run the circuit. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, I told you about that one like yeah, homeless guy that I took care of at like four different hospitals in a region. Like I just keep seeing him. But it's funny that this has come up because like literally the other night I was talking with one of my doctors and we were talking about some of the frequent flyers that come into our ER and you know, you know their names. And I'm just like, hey, where's so-and-so? And I go, I heard she died. And he's like, no, she didn't die. She was just here like a month ago. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Oh, somebody told me she died. And and he's like, you know who died? And then he'd start talking about somebody else. Mm-hmm. And Sure. It's just, I mean, we we wanted to hit this from like the angle of how do you care for these patients appropriately. Mm -hmm. I know you had some things where like the frequent flyers that are, I will say educated frequent flyers, Mm -hmm. the ones who come in and are like, I know my rights and I, you know, and they refuse to leave. They refuse to be discharged. They play the system. I've, I mean, I've got some psych frequent flyers that come in and everybody knows like, look, if this dude comes in, all you have to do is give him a chocolate ice cream and a milk and literally he'll be your best friend all night. But if you don't give him those things, he will be your biggest nightmare. And it's like, so you're telling me I have to coddle a child Mm -hmm. and like let him manipulate me and do exactly what he wants or he's going to be a brat the whole night. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I but just it works. have problems with that philosophically. I mean, absolutely, yes. I mean, the whole frequent flyer thing, because we talked about this briefly before we started recording, which was a lot of places are saying, please don't use the words frequent flyer. It's disrespectful. And, nah, I, nah, and, nah. and I'm like, let me, let's just unpack that for a second. Because that, I mean, not to say that that some random hospital administrator who's saying that can do anything about the, the problem that is patients having to use hospitals as primary care. Mm-hmm. But like, shut up. That is so not... Yeah. I mean, is it because they are afraid the patients are going to be offended? I mean, when we're talking about frequent flyers, you and sometimes like in heart failure specifically, we're talking about people as they as they basically are reaching the end of life. Mm-hmm. They come in more and more and more because their disease is advancing and there's nothing to do about it except diarese them basically and add more inotropes and talk about advanced therapies that they're not a candidate for again and basically do that every few weeks until they either go home on hospice or they pass otherwise right and it's an overarching problem where we don't talk about hospice soon enough blah 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 whatever all the things although i found that actually home hospices don't give iv diuretics so it's not interesting reasonable to expect these people to just drown well why can't they accommodate that trust me it's a great question i don't know it has to do with money i'm sure get on my stupid shit committee and let's solve the problem add it to the list do it it's done if it's on our list it's done yes but you know there's something we're at the hill (laughs) it's all done and the senators are going to be like ivy what just sign it just Just sign sign it it. it's fine just put it make a bill into law let's do it just sign it On today's episode of We're Not Qualified to Do This. Just sign it. (laughs) 
I don't know why this is so funny to me right now, but it's, it's hilarious. You're delirious. It's gonna be like my new tagline. Just sign it. Just sign it. Shut up and sign it. <laughs> just initial here. My coworker and I, we always joke about um, will you co-sign something with me? Like you would if it's like a PCH syringe or something, except we uh-huh. just we just mean thoughts and feelings. Yeah. Or plans. I'd be like, can you co-sign this with me? And he's like, done. I already co and I'm like, no, but like listen first and then tell me that you like it. Well, you know, what's even uh taking that a step further is I don't know about you, but I don't know how your epic works, but we have the badge readers, so um, we ask for a double tap. Mm-hmm. So, hey, man, I need you to double tap this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's lots of sex jokes to make about that. So many. So many. So many. <laughs> I need you to double tap something with me. Can you come double tap me? <laughs> Got a second to double tap? I double tap that. <laughs> Just sign it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so frequent flyers. flyers. So for hard failure people, (laughs) it's convenient that when you start to know people, you know the quirks, you know the ins and outs, you know this patient always goes home with an ambulance, you know, so we have this patient who comes in and I joked when I saw her name again, I'm like, literally, why do we even discharge her? She was here 15 minutes ago. And I mean, the poor thing. She's sick, obviously. Like, this is not, you know. Sure. Like, my patients, like, it's, it's one thing if they're, people are coming in to the ER as a frequent flyer to get ER care and, like, basically manipulate you all into doing shit for them and then leave and go to the next mm-hmm. one. But my right. people obviously are, like, sick and dying. Right. One of the new nurse practitioners uh, had her today and was telling us about her and X, Y, and Z. And we were like, no, you don't have to do the spiel. We know her well. What Just tell us the plan. And she was telling us, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking discharge tomorrow. And I said, she'll discharge when she wants to discharge and not a minute before. So whatever you think the plan is going to be, <laughs> that's not going to be when she goes. And she was like, oh. And someone goes, mm-hmm. She discharges when she wants to. Like, that's just, that's just her. <laughs> but that's a problem. So, that's not cool. Does she, like, refuse discharge? Is that what happens? Yeah. So we haven't had to do the Medicare thing with her. I don't think if we have, it's been a while. But like the official where they file a yeah, petition. Yeah, okay. not like that. But she will, you know, you make up a symptom. Oh, sure. Or maybe it's not made up. Maybe she, I mean, she is sick and dying. So, I mean, maybe she's just having a symptom. But basically she can pretty much say like, I'm not comfortable going home today. Right. And basically the question becomes how, like these people, I'm forcing them to make a choice. Do they accommodate me and do the, the nice thing for your patient or do you... Are you, do you act like a dick and be like, get the hell out of here? Like, too bad. So sad. Sorry. Ambulance is coming at two. Like, too bad. Yeah. You know, that's hard to, it's hard <sighs> to can, like make that case. Okay. I hear what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. Okay. I understand, especially with your patient population, your patients are sick. My patient population is a little bit different. Yes. Because a lot of times we're like, too bad. So sad. The lifts out front. Yes. Hop in it. Yeah. We do home. do that with some people, certainly. But yeah, tell me tell me your side of it, because the ER is a different bear. Well, I'll tell you that in a minute, but just focus on your situation for a second. Like, let's say hypothetically, you've got a whole unit of people like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of do in a lot of ways. I mean, at what point do you draw the line? Because your hospital's full, you're not getting paid because they're beyond their days that insurance says they can be there for it. Yeah. And you've got other people wanting to come in and take those beds. That's exactly right. We are the unit that is short the most beds. We usually are boarding the most patients in the ER, waiting for them to Mm -hmm. come up. And so the all eyes are on us at all times. 
about mm-hmm. throughput, how to make beds faster, more efficiently, X, Y, and Z. There's, I'm not mm-hmm. going to even dive into that. I could have a, an entire separate individual podcast just about the issues on my unit. So I'm yeah, not going to dive sure. into that. But I think they cater to specific patient demographics more. For example, the VAD patients get to basically do and say and dictate whatever they want. Money, like, money, money. But they're not, we're not getting money for their billion readmissions. Okay, but you made so much money off run off their VAD. I think it has to also do with like the VAD team and the doctors that run my service are VAD doctors and like they feel special relationships with these patients fine. That's swell. I'm glad that you do. But like we kept someone last weekend for a whole extra weekend because the wife wasn't comfortable with him going home with the Foley and she would get, she was going to come in and see it. But like, I can't come in till Sunday. And they were like, okay, we'll just keep them till like next week sometime. And I'm like, well, oh. yeah, see, because this that's where it borders on like hotel concierge crap. Yes, that is, that is what it's like. And then other patients, they're like, how fast can we get them out of here? Don't let the door hit you on the way out. You know what though? I do think VADs get reimbursed. I mean, so as someone who does the insurance side of it, we, they do. They do get reimbursed, but... But a VAD, like, a VAD readmission is going to get reimbursed way more quickly than a CHF readmission. It is, but I will tell you, like, the individual providers that I work with don't know anything about that. They do, they're doing, I mean, like, and I'm not disagreeing with you because obviously that's, that's the case, but, and whether they're getting pressure from the top or not, I, I don't think, like, I just, I just see how they act about them. Like, they just are very, very attached to these patients. And they want every interaction to be therapeutic. And oh, we can't call we can't call the wife more than once in a day. It's going to stress her out too much. So we just have to lump all of our things. But like, I know we need to talk to her, but we'll just have to wait till tomorrow. And it's like that's a waste of everybody's time and money. Hmm, that's interesting dynamic, because usually physicians, particularly cardiologists and vascular patients and vascular docs, are quite the other way. Oh, they are about everything else. I know. I know. I've worked with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's interesting. It's an interesting, uh, interesting dynamic at play hmm. because it's, it's in the same, in the same as breath, the same assignment. I'm getting screamed at for the fact that I didn't get a patient out fast enough who is like barely, if at all, medically ready. Yeah. And they're like, why didn't this ride come till 1205? That ruins our numbers. And I'm like, what's the emergency? We've been holding on to this other patient for three weeks because we didn't like the last sniff we sent him to and they want to vet 15 of them before we send him. Oh God, that's the most annoying thing in the world. Like, shut up. You're literally like, why is this an emergency and the other one isn't? That's not fair. Yeah, that's not fair. But that's what happens. But that's what happens. Do you think the people from the lower socioeconomic stages of life are the ones that get pushed out faster. Mm-hmm, I do. Yeah. What a travesty on our society. Oh, absolutely. And you can see implicit bias in so many interactions. Oh, sure. Absolutely. You know, especially when they're like, oh, well, they're just keeping him alive so they can get his welfare check. And I'm like, okay, I don't. Well, there are that people may that be do true. that. That may be true. But you're saying that based on nothing. Like you're. I had a family that that really was the truth. No, it does happen. It. it certainly does. But I'm saying like if they're just just wild things that people say to to based mm-hmm. on nothing, and you're like the yeah. social worker and I look at each other like fuck you. Yeah, shut up. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Okay. Well, let's talk about more fun like frequent flyers in the ER. Yeah. So ER frequent flyers. <sighs> There's so many. 
heavy sigh. I know. It's just, can you feel my heart on that one? Yes, I can. Because, you know, it's a real point of frustration is I've worked at many, many, many facilities and they all have their frequent flyers for different reasons. So interestingly enough, well, I used to have um, an aunt of mine was a pain med seeker mm. and she would go to all the area hospitals and I would see her name. Well, okay. So my aunt went by one name, but her given name was a different name. Okay. And I had another na- aunt who had the same given name. Okay. Oh, I see. Okay. So the first time I discovered this, I was working in the ER and I saw my aunt's name pop up on the board and I was like, that's her name. And so they have same first name, same last name legally. That's very odd. They're sisters? No. So they're cousins. No. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. All right. Let's. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, my, is it married? A married? Yeah. Into it? So okay. my, so my one aunt is my mom's sister and the other lady is my mom's brother's wife. Yes, yes, yes. So when she married okay. in, her name changed and she hit, Correct. ended up at the same Yes, name. Okay. yes, yes. Thank you for being there with me. Yes, I'm with you. So, so they have the same legal name and they're about the same age. Now, I don't know my aunt's year of birth. I just know about sure. how old she is, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. So the first thing, time I discovered this, I see my aunt's name pop up on my ER tracking board. Now, it's not a HIPAA violation. I have no control over this. She's in my zone. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my aunt is here. Oh my God, what is she doing here? And it says like knee pain or something. And I'm like, what the hell did she do? She's in the ER. So I go popping in the room expecting my aunt that I have a relationship with. Uh-huh. And instead I see my uncle and the wife. Oh no. And I was like, oh, what are you guys doing here? Hi. And it was, like, super awkward. <laughs> Did your face fall when you went in there and saw that it was them? You're like, huh. I mean, oh. probably. Yeah. <laughs> Disappointing. Yeah. So this is when I learned about her being, like, a total med seeker and stuff oh, like no. that. And she ran the whole gamut of the, the hospitals around here. And everybody knew her. And then I started working at a hospital further away. And she started popping up up there. Oh, and I'm like, oh, my God. So she was like one type of frequent flyer who just runs the circuit yeah, and is just trying to seek however she can. And this used to be a lot easier before Epic because with Epic, you can see visits at other hospitals, right? And then also people started doing like the online narcotic. I was going to say the check, the statewide check, right? Yeah. Yeah, the statewide check. Do the ERs have to report when they administer pain meds? Or is it just prescribing pain meds? Do they have to report it? Yeah, like, don't they, don't you get into, I guess it would be pharmacy based automatically because everything's online. I'm just trying to figure out how do the, you know how, like, everyone's in a database of, like, oh, you've had your oxy filled at three different pharmacies in the last month. Like, clearly you're drug seeking. Yeah, that's the statewide firm. That's a statewide check. Yeah. But something that's been given and an ER does not show up on there. Okay, yeah. Something that's been prescribed from an ER will. Okay. Well, only if it's filled. Oh, okay. Sure. But they they do have conversations. Like if somebody comes in on a pain management plan, they will have conversations with the pain management doc to be like, look, this is what's going on. What do you recommend? Should we give additional medication here? Blah, blah, blah. So 
there's that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so that's one type of frequent flyer. And those are the annoying types. They can't get away with it as much as they used to because they come in, they waste everybody's time is the mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's the thing a bed that, that someone else it. actually needs. Yeah. I mean, and they're just, they just want their medications. And look, I get it. I understand it. I heard one time when my aunt was presenting at this further away hospital, I of course never went and said hi because she was the type of person who would literally, she'd be like, I know she looked at my chart and she needs to be fired. And oh, God. so I didn't even let her know that I worked there. I never saw her or anything there. But we had a resident went in and she was so kind to my aunt explaining to her that like, listen, you have been caught up in this cycle that big hospitals and pharma has perpetuated. Mm -hmm. And I'm so sorry that you got stuck in this. Like, I can't imagine how much pain you're in, but I'm in a situation where now they've cut me off from prescribing things and I can't just give you meds. Mm -hmm. You know, like, unfortunately, I have to look at your records. I've seen that I've seen that A, B, C, and D have been done for you. You know, we wouldn't do anything differently than that here. You're not showing any life-threatening issues, but, you know, just, she was really, really super kind to my aunt. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, that was nice to hear. That was nice to hear her do that. But, okay, so that's one type. So then there's a type that they themselves are not the frequent flyers, but their children are constantly in the ER. Mm. And there's a girl that I went to high school with who is, like, very well educated. Mm -hmm. She's very smart, yet she brings her children to the ER all the time. For, like, nothing? All the time for, like, nothing. Yeah. It's oh, irritating. And I'm just like... Do you not have a PCP? That's one question. Like, where's your pediatrician? Yeah. But also, He won't like, take your calls anymore because she calls well, I mean, she would... I worked night shift, so when I saw her, it would be in the night shift. But there was nothing, like, emergent about the visits at all. That's I mean, very it was strange. stuff that could definitely wait till the next day. And I've seen multiple families like that, you know, where they're dragging their kids in all the time. And it almost makes me wonder, like, is this a behavior of, like, is it attention for them? Like, oh, I was in the ER with my kid last night. Mm -hmm. A Munchausen's by proxy. I have a Munchausen story for you. It's really good, but I want to save it for our annual. Oh, okay. I'm so excited. For our annual favorite I stories. I love a good Munchausen story. Episode. Oh my God. You're going to I've gonna watched a lot of house. You're going to love it. <laughs> I can't wait. It's so good. And I don't mean to hype up my story, but you guys are really going to have to compete if you want to <laughs> beat my story. We should oh. give a prize out for the best story. Yeah, that's a great <gasps> idea. Oh my God. Send us your story. We'll give a prize. I don't know what it is. We'll make something TBD. up. Maybe we'll like something. a nurse coffee talk mug and like yeah. some stuff. We'll Whatever. Coffee. I don't know. We don't even have them yet, but we'll nope. make them by we'll our make, anniversary we'll <laughs> Exactly. You can't take long to make a mug, right? Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. I'm the worst. Anyway, so yeah. And then, so then I wonder, is it, are they trying to get like notes for their work that like... Oh, I was in the hospital with my kid all night, so I can't come to work today. Like, I'm trying to, like, get in the psyche of these people. And my coworkers keep telling me, just stop trying to understand. <laughs> okay, but one of my thoughts was, is there, like, some an unsafe or unhealthy environment at home where the mom wants to get away? I don't... I mean, that's not... Like, the one, the girl that I went to high school with, I don't, I mean, I guess you never know for sure. You never sure. know, but you I don't, don't think so. That's, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. I'm sure that is a thing where people are like, I need to get 
to a safe place, I guess. But yeah, I, I mean, don't I don't, I mean, I don't know the answer to that. Like, that's very strange. And then you just do a, f- a full workup and I'm sure you're getting bills for this because it was not necessary care. Like, I don't, that's very strange to me. Yeah. I don't. I bet it I is a work know. thing too. Like, oh, I couldn't come in. I was in the ER all night with my sick kid. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Okay. That's, I know. that's another type of. Well, so, so that's the thing is like, this is my problem is I try to get in the psyche of people and under, like, I try to understand and my coworkers are all just like, that's your, that's your first problem right there. Just don't stop trying to understand that. Oh, God forbid you have empathy. And I'm just like, oh, I can't, I want to know why they do what they do. Like, why are people the way they are? You, well, you said it very well last episode. People make me hate people. People make me hate people. <laughs> I hate mm-hmm. it. I stand by it. I do too. <laughs> more and more every day. I know. It only gets worse. <laughs> and then when you meet somebody and you're just like, God, you make me hate people more. And you're like, God, that statement is just so true. It's just so true. Oh my gosh. Okay. So then there's the frequent flyers that like are substance and like men- substance abuse and mental health, homeless. Mm-hmm. There's those types of frequent flyers. And then there's just the ones that use it as primary care. Yeah. And for things that like, now I don't know if these people, I think that these people are primarily Medicaid because, because when you come into the ER with Medicaid, you don't pay anything. There's no copay. There's nothing to hold you accountable. So you can just come in willy nilly for the smallest little thing and never see a bill for it. Mm. And when I think about that, I'm an educated person and let me tell you there's a couple times where i'm like god i wish i could just have an answer to this like maybe just get a quick ekg make sure i'm not having a heart attack maybe get a quick chest x-ray make sure i don't have pneumonia or maybe just go to get an injection of steroids real quick and reduce my sinus pressure like if i didn't have any sort of financial accountability even as an educated person I absolutely would go to the ER because it's immediate intervention. I can get a prescription right away. I don't have to pay a copay. I can just walk in. I can get treated immediately and be done. I don't have to make an appointment. I don't I have mean, to wait. I've never gone to an ER and not waited five hours. If you go to the ER, well, you live in a really big city, so that's probably likely. But where I live, I'm inundated with ERs. They're all very busy during the day, but if you hit them up at 4 a.m., there's no way. I promise you, well, there's no way. sure. That's fine. That's fair. But, like, I took my friend in. We, came, we went in, like, the evening, maybe 8 or 9. Obviously, that's busy time. And he had, like, a real crisis. It was, like, it was a real issue. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, we waited so long. They, they basically, they ruled out a stroke, and they were like, okay, go cool your heels. Like, we'll call you back soon. And it was, like, five or six hours in sitting in the waiting room with exactly who you would think would be there. It was agony. Yeah. And uh, finally got back to a hallway bed because, of course, they were mm-hmm. so slammed, you know. Right. And they did, like, a CT. And like they were like, we need to take you to CT urgently. And we were like, urgently? <laughs> You're like, urgently would have been seven hours ago. <laughs> I was like, I literally think I said that to the resident. I was like, listen, I'm a nurse and I literally work at this hospital. So like, don't look me in the face and tell me that you think this is urgent. 
Come on. <laughs> and I'm not criticizing. Like, listen, yeah. I get it. I've worked in one. I've been a bed right. manager. I totally get it. Right. I'm not criticizing the process, but like, shut up. Like, that's so stupid. Hey, total sidebar issue. Uh-huh. I'm so sorry, but I have to tell you this because you'll appreciate it. So last night when I was at work, for those of you who aren't aware, Sarah and I used to work together at a, a large facility as bed managers together. Mm-hmm. And so I was at this hospital last night working and somebody was trying to get a peds psych patient transferred to our facility (laughs) good luck and they were like no no we're full like we are backed up in our er of patients that have just come to our er that's the other thing that i don't understand i had a patient last night it was this 11 year old kid he was the sweetest can be, and his mom was very nice, too. Aww. But he came in via EMS and was brought to a hospital where there are no pediatric services whatsoever. Not not a single pediatric doctor in the hospital. Oh, dear. And he has a history of brain tumors, uh, VP shunt, and seizures oh, on geez. seizure medications. And he was brought into our hospital for seizures. And the question I kept asking over and over and over and over is, why didn't you go to the children's hospital? Is it because if you come in via ambulance, they have to take them to the nearest? Not if it's not, like, life-threatening. He was not actively seizing. Yeah. Yeah, why would you take him to a hospital that can't fucking Has no pediatric services. That's strange. And you know that EMS knows that. Like, come on, you know the the ins and outs. And mom can say, can you please take him over to the children's hospital? Yeah, his surgeon and neurologist is there. Exactly. We're just going to transfer you. That happens to our patients all the time. I know. They get brought to wherever the hell because there's so many hospitals here. And it's like, oh, we have this outside hospital transfer coming. I'm like, he got his transplant here. He got his VAD here. Whatever it is. Like, we put him, you know, we are his heart failure doctors, whatever. Like, then you're just spending money to transfer them. The best part is that then they're like, well, you have to transfer me back. And I'm like, no, (laughs) sorry. Now you have to find your own ride. Sorry, boo. Exactly. Well, it's just amazing to me because the place that you and I worked at together, their ER was constantly backed up. And the only time I saw them take people from outside to their ER was if it was literally like a matter of life and death and pretty much if it was like cardiac or vascular. Yeah, or like a really bad trauma. I feel like we saw. Yeah, a really bad trauma would come too. Yeah, but you're right. Like they had plenty of their own things going on down there. Right, exactly. And it is just amazing to me how many people come into the smaller facilities and then they're like, well, I want to be transferred to that big hospital. And they're like, okay, we'll try. And they call the big hospital and the big hospital's like, hell to the no. Yeah. Like, you would have been okay. better off if you just rolled in by yourself. Yes. Uh, everybody, if you want to go to the big hospital, take yourself to the big hospital. That's exactly right. Sorry. Like, Don't go to the small hospital I've known and try people to get to transferred do that. They'll be like, never mind, I'm leaving AMA here and I'm going to go get myself admitted to the other hospital that will see me sooner. And we're like, they won't see you sooner, but they'll see you. They'll see you. I told you about that one. I was working at, this was like a mid-sized hospital. I was working in the ER and I was also a bed manager at the big hospital. And I had worked at the big hospital the night before. <laughs> so and you I knew was, the exact was, bed situation. I knew exactly how, there was literally, I think, 60 people boarding in oh, their ER Jesus. waiting for beds in the, in, in the upstairs. Oh my God. And so I went, I was at the mid-sized hospital 
And this guy's like, oh, he was he was admitted waiting for a bed at the midside midsize hospital. And he's like, I can't believe you're keeping people down here in the emergency department. I'm going to go to that bigger hospital. And I was like, well, sir, I work there also. And they're also holding 60 <laughs> people in their ER right now. And uh, he he shut up and waited for his bed. I, I bet he like, did. I remember the people, they would always call us and be like, hey, this guy's been waiting for days for a bed. Can you make sure he gets a private? And oh, yeah, like, right. Well, you go ahead and ask him, would he rather wait another night for a private or would he rather get a semi-private right now? Right. Up to him, except it's not because it will immediately go to the next bed. So you have literally 30 seconds to ask him. Shut yeah, up. 30 seconds to make a decision or the next <laughs> like, person's Give me a, bed. a break. Yep. Oh, my God, I know. And, like, not that I don't totally get that. Of course I do. That would be the right. next thing. Except that's not a, at that hospital, that wasn't a luxury we could afford at all. No. Because even if you wait until the next day, that private was being taken by people that medically needed the private. Mm-hmm. And, so. you know, pe- some things that people don't understand, it's like, not only do I need a crash bed, during flu season and things like that, I also need private room that's just open. Yeah. Because in the middle of the night, people get test positive for stuff and you're like, ah, shit. Yeah. Oh, God. That was the bane of our existence. Oh, my God. All the time. Well, then they're... Go ahead. The oncology floor would call us and they'd be like, well, they tested positive for rhinovirus. And you're like, oh, okay. And you're like, I don't care about rhinovirus. <laughs> just do your mask. <laughs> just mix them with another rhinovirus patient. <laughs> Or that pediatric, or the one very special snowflake unit that was like, um, we're holding this private because we might have one of our patients coming in six days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh God. God. Anyway, we haven't really done frequent flyers any justice and no. topic talk today, but I'm sure everybody has funny stories or things that they want to say about uh, frequent flyers. And just to put it out there, send us your, your favorite nursing stories for the annual anniversary and we're going to give a prize to the best one and we'll announce we'll announce which story gets the best one yeah and it might be mine i'm not gonna lie <laughs> you just want the mug see, see, i can get my own mug <laughs> <laughs> mine still might be the best but i wanted to do real quick i saw this facebook post that says uh it's from we are nurses we are er nurses What's the funniest prank or joke you've pulled at work? Um, and there is this god awful picture of a clown Ooh. that let me let me see if I can send it to you. Yeah, I can. Okay, I'm gonna send it to you. You post it on our site. Oh god, okay. So, so you guys know. Um, it says I didn't do it, but this god awful thing in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're gonna post it on Insta so you guys can see the god awful thing in the bathroom. Sarah, let me get your here. <laughs> there, sent. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of like when people have life size like cutouts of, of people or whatever and they'll just like move it so that it's like in windows and like around corners to spook oh, people. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I saw one on I don't know, Reddit or something that it was um I bought my dad a life size Mr. Bean cutout and he moves it around the house to scare my mom. And it was like a picture of it like hiding behind a plant and like Oh, that's so funny. There was one where some, I don't know, college kid, his mom was missing him or something. And so I don't remember the details. This was a few years ago. So he sent her a life-size cutout of him. It's an incredible gift. His mom took pictures of her and the cutout, like, all over the place and, like, sent the pictures <laughs> like, to him. Living like, their look best where, life. <laughs> look where we've gone together. 
<laughs> you know, so I, you know, like, um, I don't know what people call them, but like white elephant exchanges where like you have yeah, like a funny, uh-huh. a funny gift or whatever. Sure. And I've heard of people had their funny gift for white elephant because they're all wrapped. And you don't know what it's going to be being right. a, a framed photo of themselves. <laughs> okay. And then whoever gets it gets, gets like a headshot of them in a, in a frame. But oh what if you God. got a, what if you got a cardboard cutout of yourself out and that was your white elephant gift? That'd be hilarious. Someone do that this year. How funny would that be? Do it, man. Okay. Uh, here's some others. We casted the ERMD's briefcase shut. <laughs> Having the x-ray tech walking the portable machine down the sidewalk to go x-ray a suspicious package at the post office. Oh my god. I don't foresee that ever happening at the hospital, but whatever. No, and also that seems mean. That's like a long journey. Found an old, obsolete security camera in storage and mounted it to the wall in the employee bathroom. People didn't notice it until they turned around, dropped trow, and looked up. It looked functional, though it definitely wasn't. Oh, that's that's mean and funny. When my bestie started working in the ER, she loved iced coffee, so I took the tip of an enema and put the cap on her straw, now knowing they were lubed up and she had lube all over her straw (laughs) and inside. Ew, that's disgusting. That's really gross. Oh, God, we were just talking about straws earlier. Oh, my God. We kept an air... We were talking about straws earlier. That's bizarre because who has conversations about straws? (laughs) We do. I got really, really nice silicone ones. Oh, yeah. You were talking about that. (laughs) You have the most bizarre issues in life. I don't like the metal ones. They hurt my teeth. Well, who uses a metal straw? A lot of people. That's like a thing. They're ridiculous people. They shouldn't even count as humans. I agree. I like that hard stance on it. Well, come on. Metal on your teeth. Oh, God. It I makes know. my teeth hurt thinking about it. My mom loves to go coffee mugs. And okay. I, I know that's silly, but she just has a million of them. But okay. she has extremely strict regulations for them. Like, they can't have a handle because then they won't sit in the cup in the cup holder, yeah, right? Yeah, understood. They can't understood. have a metal rim because it hurts her teeth. They need to be plastic. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. Ugh, ugh. I have a weird thing with my teeth, though. Like, I don't like things with a certain texture like i can't pork rinds or like those taco bell Mm. cinnamon twisty things i can't oh god it hurts my teeth just thinking about them i can't i don't like that at all i know what you mean so the metal on the the metal anyway (laughs) we kept an air horn in the nurse's station on night shift if you nodded off someone would come up behind your chair and give it a toot we had one nurse who had pickwickians oh that must be a disease i'm not familiar with it I don't remember what it is. I think it's a a thyroid thing. Must be. Hold on. Let me fact check myself. Go ahead. Can you fact check us, world? Let us know. She had Pickwickians and was always falling asleep in the middle of work. One time he passed out as an ambulance was pulling in with an elderly woman with Alzheimer's. The tech air horned him as the medics were offloading the patient. He flew out of his chair. The old lady heard and asked what it was. Thank God the medics covered and told her that someone accidentally bumped the horn on the ambulance. That wasn't (laughs) that good. That was anticlimactic, people. Okay, this says, not intentional, but left an expired patient in a room, and the new baby EVS, Environmental Services, went in to clean, came out screaming. (laughs) Aww, sorry. And then somebody replied to that and said, this happened to us with a new x-ray technician, had gone into the wrong room for x-ray. She came out, calmly walked to me and said, I tried verifying the patient, but um, I don't think they're breathing. Oh, God. 
one of my nurses on my unit was telling us uh, how they were like hazing one of the new people and hazing sounds mean they were teasing her uh-huh. but apparently she was very young very new on night shift and was just kind of gullible and they mm. were just having a ball with it and just telling her wild shit and so oh, all night long they would go into one of the empty rooms and put on a call light and they had like secretly assigned her to that room mm-hmm. and so she'd be like there's no one in this room and the call light keeps going off and like i don't know what to do and like they just did it all night long Aww. and they were like it's a ghost it must be the ghost of mr so-and-so he died in that oh. room you know oh my god <laughs> that's awful <laughs> awful all right well there's a bunch more of those but we're way over time and i gotta do the editing so Merp. Uh, I haven't heard any uh, listeners have a seventh grader who wants a job editing for free, so <laughs> I still have Shoot. to do it. Shoot. So, all right. Well, you guys, uh, let us know what you think about frequent flyers. We didn't really delve into that topic enough. We were just talking about the fact that they exist. Yep, that's and true. And that hospitals <laughs> want us to be more sensitive to the fact that we shouldn't call them that. And we oh, don't care. I just call them like I see them. Sure do. All right. Everybody have a beautiful day, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.